This episode of Talking Talkie is sponsored by Legends of the Buckle Era. Join Helen Chamberlain and special guests to be revealed this week for an evening of fun, memories and laughs on the 9th of April at 7pm. To sign up, search Eventbrite for Legends of the Buckle Era. Tickets are £10 and all proceeds go to charity. Sign up before the end of March for the chance to ask a question that may be asked during the show. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Talking Talkie podcast. Here with me, Chris Ballard, today are uh, Ben Curry. Hello, Ben. Hello. And uh, Marcus Ascot. Hi. Well, today we're going to be talking about both yesterday's game at Boreham Wood as well as the upcoming game against Maidenhead. And we're going to share some uh, exciting news about an event coming up in the near future. Um, but first, Marcus, let's get along with what happened at Boreham Wood yesterday. Um, yeah, OK, where do you want to start? Obviously, uh, it was... It was always going to be a tough game going into it. Obviously, we, we've spoken before on this podcast about how good Boreham squad are. Um, I mean, Shamanga is probably one of the best strikers at this level, if not the best. They've just got rid of Sorba Thomas, haven't they? Um, but, I mean, you said, you know, Tyro Marsh is, is still very good. Um, and Fifield is, is a hell of a centre-back. So, it, it was always going to be tough. And with our attacking prowess so blunt at the minute, I, I'm not really surprised by the result. I don't know what you two thought. Um, I, it's one of those where you, you want to win, given our form, but also given our form, you don't really expect to. Um, no. And, you know, missing the penalty in the first half, I think, was a big blow. I think he's missed two in a row now, Asa Hall. Um, but second half, we were lucky to get away with it. I mean, we should have considered at least once. They hit the bar or the woodwork twice. They were really good going forward. So, in the That's end, I think I was relieved to get out of there with a the point. I think it's down to circumstances for me. Um, if we'd gone there top of the league and winning every game and we were on a, on a great run, you'd say it was perfectly fine and, you know, you take it and move on to the next one. But it's no good to us now, really. Now we're, now we're playing catch-up. We have to go for wins. And nil-nil, it's, it's not really one thing or the other, really. It's, it's nice not to have conceded, but it, it's help us in our situation really we we don't seem to look like scoring as, unless we do get a penalty and I thought the penalty shout we got was dubious at best um I don't remember which defender it was but there was a nudge in the back of Waters and he fell over like he'd been shot was it Waters yeah, I, yeah it was Waters. Yeah. I, I thought it was soft but I mean you you could legitimately argue for it there's there's no question I, I shouted penalty as soon as I saw him fall over. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. on the replay, I was like, oh, that is one of the soft ones. It's one of the ones you get mad about when it's given against you. Uh, Waters sort of fell over in the first 10 minutes, didn't he? It was a really poor um, sort of dive in the first. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought he might have had his card marked because of that. So I was slightly surprised when we got the penalty. But mm. you see it in real time. I shouted penalty as well. I thought it was. That, that first incident you referred to, by the way, um, as far as dives go, it was bloody awful. He really How did he not get booked? It was no hell. idea. Like, it wasn't even a good dive. dive. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to dive, you need to be good at it. At least make it convincing. Um, 
I thought, I mean, if, we, if we're going on to individual performances, and I'm, I'm never a fan of being too critical of individuals, um, because, you know, it's not one person's fault that you fail to score. Um, but Billy Waters did struggle on, on Saturday, I think it's fair to say. Not for I lack was... of effort. I was going to say, it's interesting that you're, you're reluctant to point out individual performances because I was about to point out Billy Waters. Um, yes. He refuses to shoot or play the pass at the right time. Um, very bad. Um, Christ. I, I wanted him to, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the effort. I really do, but just doesn't seem to have, not the ability, no. that sounds terrible because he scored good goals in this league. But yesterday he wasn't on, on form. I thought yeah. Bowden was pretty good. I thought he was good at linking up play and holding on to the possession. But too often he was isolated. He was, there was one in the first half, he was out on the right wing. He beat his man by half a yard, put a cross in, and Waters is there surrounded by three guys. Yeah. The midfield support we were getting in November isn't there anymore. Um, no. And I, I mean, you, you mentioned about Waters drifting wide. I couldn't, if I didn't know that he was a striker, I wouldn't be able to tell you where he was playing. Honestly. No. He, he was dropping so deep and so wide. Um, and as a, I mean, not through lack of help, I mean, one of my favourite phrases from from our previous podcast with Ryan was "all fart and no shit," and I think that's <laughs> what he was. He was, you know, he was everywhere. He was mobile. He was getting involved in almost every single move involved Billy Waters at some point, and that is a credit to him. But his last touch, his pass, just wasn't coming up for him. And we know he's capable. I mean, I can't remember what game it was, but he came on for 15 minutes and got two assists and a goal. Yeah, so we we know he's fully capable, and I'm not by any means writing him off. He just he just had a a bad day on Saturday. I, I think he can pick himself up and and you know just get that extra ten percent. I I think he's a confidence player, and I don't think there's anything um, very helpful about dropping him back to the bench and bringing him back into the team. I think he needs a run of games because he has proven that he can put the ball in the back of the net better than. Any of our other strikers. I mean, the goal we scored at Solihull a few weeks ago was was, was brilliant. Lovely goal. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So he can do it. So I don't <laughs> think you want to be dropping him and then bringing him back on for 10 minutes here or there. You need to get him on the pitch scoring goals. And to yeah. do that, play him as part of a two. And the link-up just wasn't quite there. I thought yeah. slashes that they could do it, but that's no good to us at the moment. Yeah. We don't and... have the luxury of giving people six games no. without scoring. And you could say the same thing of Umaro as well. I think, you know, he, he's also a confidence player. I think he's shown in flashes that he can, not quite so much to the extent that Waters has, but there's a player in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised yeah. when he came on yesterday. I, I, I thought it was going to be for Waters rather than for Bowden. Mm. I, I was expecting Waters to go off. Um, yeah. But, but there we go. And, but on the other hand, I thought Lemon Havens had an absolute cracker. He, he did. Was, he was playing some absolutely lovely stuff. That some of those balls, he was, and some of his crosses, especially. Um, you know, on another day, they, they, you know, he would have got two or three assists. Um, yeah, he, but he had an absolute there, storming game. There were signs of some of the link-up play that we had in the earlier part of the season coming back. I think there was one where it resulted in Evans putting it wide. I think it was a deflected shot that went wide, and he came off the left side, yeah. and he played a one-two with I think it was Waters actually. I might be wrong. And that was the kind of stuff that we were doing in November and December that we haven't really been able to do recently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you could say that there were encouraging moments, but we don't really have the ability to, you know, we're not in the position of having the luxury to survive on possibilities right now. Well, at the moment, didn't score yesterday, didn't score against Hartlepool, didn't score against Woking in the trophy. 
uh, scored a penalty and I only have a shot on target against Solihull. Uh, so, you know, we're not scoring goals. And look at early in the season, we were top scorers by country mile. We were, and we weren't just winning games by the odd goal. We were blitzing teams uh, in, in some places. Yeah, but also putting in at least sort of seven or nine shots on target a game. Yes. And we didn't register one yesterday. That wasn't and I don't... Today. I don't think it's you can blame injuries for that because there's no lack of ability on that field. You look at no. Little, Evans, these guys should be pinging in shots all over the place and, and creating chances for others. And it's just yeah. not the reason. But do you think also, it's a I mean, confidence thing? Go on. I, do you think it's a confidence thing? Because, you know, Randall, okay, Randall was playing in defence, but Little, Hall... Um, Evans, they, they've all got a good track record of taking shots from further out, but we don't seem to be trying that at the moment. I think the league as it is, I think it's so relentless that there's just no pause of breath whatsoever. And even when there is a chance to pause of breath, like the trophy, our injury situation has been so poor that some of the players who are dying for a breather have been made to play anyway. Um, Whitfield, and you look at Evans, and they're still managing to get 90 minutes in, but it's touch and go. I mean, I think we all winced when Whitfield got skived down. Oh, before. crushed, yeah. We went down and, on the side of his knee, I was playing. Yeah. 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 That was and you think, ideally, you know, we're winning the game, you take him off and he gets rested, but he just had to play another half there. Uh, yeah. He could have got, got kicked again. So but there's no time for resting players. No. I think um, you asked about confidence and, and there was a, a big red flag in yesterday's game, which I kind of noticed. And there was a few occasions where, I mean, there was a chance in the first half where Lemonhaven's put a good cross in, Bowden went up for the, for the, the head and, and Whitfield missed it. So, I mean, that, that happened on at least three or four occasions where two players were going for the same ball. Um, and that, I mean, there's a lack of communication. I don't know how much you can rely on, on BT's microphones, but if you're a confident team, you are shouting at each other with, with conviction. So, no, this is my ball. I'm going this way with it. You go over there. Um, if you are playing without confidence and without conviction, suddenly that's when you start getting two players going for the same ball sort of thing or, or you know, even players tackling each other at some points or bodge clearances. If they're, if they're not talking to each other, then that is a big red flag for a lack of confidence. And that's what I saw on, that's what I saw on Saturday. And that wasn't happening earlier in the season with Danny Rice up front. Everyone knew that there was no getting in the way of each other. That they knew how to play with Danny Wright. And I'm not yeah. we know how to play with any of our other strikers at the moment. No, and, and maybe, you know, uh Bowden linking up with midfield will come. I mean, this is what, is this his second game? Or mm. third? Uh second start. He he came on to sub in his first game. Okay. So I mean, you know, maybe that will come. But it's it was just it's just that last sort of 10% that you need in, in, in the attacking move just, just wasn't there. Um, and when we're talking about injuries. You look at the squad. I don't think you can class this as, as an injury crisis anymore. I mean, if, if you're looking at that lineup, all that's the only first teamers that are missing are Moxie, Cameron, and Wright. And, and the main. And the main. And the main. Okay. So, I mean, that's not major. I mean, we, we have got cover for that. that. I don't think that's. I think we're officially out of the crisis now. And I don't think that we can blame this result or any future results on injuries as long as long as the situation stays the same or improves uh, i don't i mean i agree with you i don't think we can call it a crisis i think those players who are missing are better than their replacements the, what, the yeah. replacements we have are adequate and they should be enough to get the results that we're looking for but with those missing ones i don't think anyone can dispute our first 11 is way better than anything else in this division 
without those four, I think we become merely a decent team. And we haven't shown the decentness recently. Um, yeah. You know, I think Whitfield is way, way more effective when the main is there because he's not getting double uh, double marked every time. I think yeah. their interplay in the first half of the season has been brilliant. You know, switch sides whenever you want, really confusing defenders. Uh, and when you lose that, and I was unconvinced about the main last season, but this year I think he's been great. Yeah, I uh, think we're all in the same boat on that one, but yeah, um, yeah, and with Nemain out of the team, we're we're so unbalanced because we don't really have a natural right winger in in this squad apart from Nemain. You got no. people that can play there, but you know, no one is here as as a winger other than Nemain and Whitfield. So with them out of the team, we are so one sided, and we are, we get attacks either going down the middle or one side, and it becomes so predictable for the opposition defence. Um, and that's that's possibly what happened on Saturday as well. But that's been the theme ever since Nemain was out. What injuries he got? Do we know? Hamstrings. Right. Okay. It looked yeah. quite not Chris when he went down in the game. He went down on. It looked like not much fuss at all. But that was going on four or five weeks ago. I mean, I would agree with both of you that we're not in an injury crisis. But what I would say is that how many of our players out there are currently 100% fit and raring to go every single week, and how many of them are relying on painkilling injections or, or you know. Uh, bandages or, or, or whatever else to get them through uh, the game, knowing that there's no game on Tuesday and another game on, on Saturday after that. It's, it, it is relentless. Yeah. And, and also we've got players that not play 90 minutes. Hmm. Little and Bowden. Um, you know, I, I don't think they were tactical substitutions. I think that was, you know, Little is still, still restricted as to, as to what he, he can would, do. So, you know. Yeah, I would agree. He was better than he has been recently. His first couple of games back, he was not good. I think he was yeah. decent yesterday. Well, he was playing more of a defensive role yesterday. And that, that's yeah. not really something that you would attribute to him, but he suited it very well. Yeah. And, and I thought, yeah, like you, I, I thought that, you know, he had a, a relatively good game and, you know, he was playing some good stuff. Um, but yeah, as I say, I, I don't think, I don't think that was tactical. He, he, him and Bowden. I can't remember who else went off. Oh, Whitfield. Yeah, that was, that was injury. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of Cazella. He, he surprised me how... Um, bulky he is now he's a tank isn't he yeah he when is. he came on i was like wow that boy's been in the gym i know he's not a 16 year old anymore is he i mean he's no. you know he, he he looks strong he looks quick he looks ready to go so um you know, in, in certain situations i think it's probably worth a gamble it speaks volumes that he's already found his way back onto the bench and onto the pitch and yeah. yesterday you look at no rob street no sheaf mm-hmm. who by and large every single fan was Pretty excited about what they were announced uh, a few weeks ago, but they've offered us absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would say about Costello is that he had a substitution appearance, I want to say two or three weeks ago, where he came on away from home and he played on the right. And I thought he was excellent in that little cameo. And I honestly, I can't remember who it was against, but I've been saying that he should start um, on the right hand side and see if he can work in the same way as Nemain can on that right-hand side, along with Whitfield. I would like to see us try something a little bit different. I mean, I, I wouldn't call what we did yesterday safe, but it was more or less you could tell which zone to play in the team. So, yeah, I think it, it was it was a frustrating afternoon. Of course it was. A nil-nil is, is never an entertaining, and you never walk away from nil-nil thinking, God, that's cracking. Um, is it good enough? No. Is, is the performance good enough? No. Is the result good enough? Probably not. We're going to have to improve. Um, but then we've got we've got a few good games coming up now. I don't know if I don't know if you've noticed. Um, so we've compared to 
we can have a conversation about whether, you know, at what point should we stop comparing ourselves to Sutton. But our next few games, we've got Maidenhead, Kingsland, Solihull, Dagmar, Redridge and Woking. I mean, on paper, they're not bad games. So if we can put a few results together, suddenly it looks different. And then, we, you know, we've still got Danny Wright in the main and Moxie to come back imminently, coming in a few weeks. Well, so this was a point I was going to make maybe later in the pod, but I'll say it now. Mm. Sutton will not keep on winning. I mean, fair play to them. They've done brilliantly and it's, it's very annoying and they're in brilliant form. But at some point, they will end and they will have a blip. So it's up to us whether we can get some wins together to put pressure on that or whether we're going to continue doing as we're doing and their blip won't mean anything to us. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that it's a bit of a fool's errand in worrying too much about what Sutton do and don't do because we don't have, you know, the, the talky side does not have any impact on how they do. Um, I saw a quote from Johnston earlier in the week. He was saying that we should be back at full strength with 10 games to go. That's great, but that still gives us eight or nine games to get to that point. So our job in those eight or nine games is to stay in touch. Mm. You know, if we can make the assumption that we will have a very good end of the season, we can't be 15 points behind. And the way we're playing, we could be. Especially, I don't know when certain games in hand take place. Um, but they're five in front. I think we're two games in hand. Um, so, okay. no. But even one, if game? one game. Yeah. E- even if we're not putting pressure on them to win the league at that point, you don't just stumble into the playoffs by hook or by crook. You, you really want to put a run together towards the end of the season. So... If you end up in the playoffs, you're the team to fear in the playoffs because you're 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 the form team in the division. At that point. Yeah, no, again, I, I totally agree with you there as well. It's it's one of those things where you want to go in with some sort of form. There's usually one team in the playoff that's kind of tumbled down from somewhere, and they usually, I have no evidence to back this up, of course, because I didn't do that research, but they usually don't do very well when it comes to the playoffs itself. So, you know, if we, I think actually the guy on the BT Sport commentary yesterday made a good point that considering we were 14th last year, I wonder if our goal or our expectation was playoffs at the beginning of the season. The fact that we had such a great start, obviously we, we jigged those expectations, but I still think a playoff position would be a good season for us. Yeah, I mean, if you, you travel back in time to August and find one fan that said they wouldn't want to be in the playoffs at the end of the season, I mean, it's yeah. you know, that, that's what we were all expecting. I mean, I put in a, a conservative prediction that we'd be sort of ninth or tenth you know, yeah sort of like upper mid table so playoffs you know brilliant obviously it is it, it would be it would have been ours to lose you know what i mean if, if we don't if we don't want to win the league then you know it would be frustrating after such a after such a good start but you know just to be in the playoffs after the last three or four years we've had yeah it's it's you know i'll bite your hand off ordinarily i'd agree with you but the fact is it's top of the league and we've we've blown that Mm-hmm. That's not to say we won't pick it up again. I'm not, I'm not saying we're not going. You know, we've got no chance of winning the league because, of course, we've got a chance of winning the league. But the fact is, expectations are going to rise massively when you end up, um, you know, top of the league by 12 points and beating everyone in sight. It's up yeah. to it's up to the club then to remain there, and we haven't done a very good job of, of, of remaining there for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you, but um. You know, if if we're sat there in April and we're, and we're looking at second or third, with you know, I don't I don't think we could be too disheartened. No, it's a great season. It it will be annoying, it'll be frustrating, but you know, at least we've got the playoffs to look forward to and playoffs that we will hopefully be able to go to. 
Mm. No, you won't. You will. I won't. I won't be able to. You guys can go. Yeah, well, that's your own stupid fault for moving to America. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, I I detect no lies in that statement, honestly. (laughs) Get a flight over. Get a flight over. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to fly at that point. Um, Oh yeah. Anyway, so moving on. Um, we are away at Maidenhead on Tuesday. I don't remember if we played Maidenhead before, and the reason I mention that is because I was looking to make a virginity gag in this point, but I'm not going to. So instead, I'm going to hand it over to Ben for the preview. Okay, Maidenhead. 15th in the league, played 24, 110, drawn 6, lost 8, scored 36 and conceded 35. Their last five is a complete mixed bag. Loss, drawn, loss, and then they uh, won yesterday against Chesterfield with goals from Dan Sparks and Nathan Blissett, who we know so well. Uh, we beat Maidenhead 2-1 in December um, with goals from Ben Whitfield and Danny Wright. And we shouldn't really have anything to fear because even Gary Hours managed to do a double over them in 2017 and 2018. So if we don't beat them, then we are absolutely useless. That goal from Aaron Barnes. Remember that? Aaron absolutely. It was Aaron Barnes, yes. Absolute yes. cracker it was. Um yeah, we were sat in the in the seated stand with the, the train line behind us, which was which was great. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're an extraordinarily mediocre team, aren't they? Always have yes. been. Um, they they never really do anything of, of any consequence, and but they have well, got you know a funny squad. They've got a good squad. Um, in the last few fixtures, um, they're, they're not losing to good teams. They're just losing to average teams. They lost to Dagenham, lost to Aldershot. Snatch a draw against Solihull. Um, so, you know, they're just a very much a nothing team who aren't going to go down. Obviously, no, obviously no, one's, no one's going down this season, but they're not, they're not struggling, but they're not pushing on either. They're just middle for diddle. No, I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm looking down their, their results list now. I'm trying to find something surprising or interesting, but there, there just isn't. I mean, it's, I, I don't like to shoot a maidenhead too much, but I mean, there, there's not really much going on there apart from having the oldest ground in, in the UK is that right uh, you have to tell me that I, no. I think I think it's the oldest football ground in the world to be used by by a single club it's just a bit of trivia I've got in the back that, that's an excellent bit of factoid if it's true we'll have to get our researchers we don't I think it is true but... I think are, you, are you willing to go on record as saying that I will go on record and say that they've got the oldest football ground in the world to be used by one club and we'll, we'll confirm this afterwards. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, if, if we're talking about starting to get a run back together, this is exactly the sort of game that we want. You know, they, they've won one in how many? Nine? Or eight? Yeah. Um, you know, Tuesday night away to them. Yeah, fine, but it's not too far. It, it will be, it will be interesting. And it, it should be, you know, if we get, just, just knock a couple of goals in from open play. That's all I ask for. Even if it's like a, a 3-2 scrappy win whatever you know fine just score some bloody goals because once you get one then hopefully the floodgates will open again mm. uh, yeah one other thing to mention about this game is i did hear from chesterfield fans that their stream is terrible brilliant um although given some of the streams that we've been forced to endure this season probably not a huge surprise right mm. what, what did you think of uh bt's coverage yesterday uh, by the way just going back to to, to coverage and streams i, I thought well, it was pretty good, really. It was very good. I didn't understand the cameraman's obsession with Luke Garrard in the first half. 
Um, I don't know how much open play we missed because he was focusing on his facial expressions. Um, but yeah, I mean, BT's coverage was good, I think. I, I didn't listen to the commentary. I had it on mute, but I understand that you know, there are a couple of things that came out was pretty stupid. But then how do you babble on for 90 minutes without saying something stupid? I, I thought the commentary was really good. I thought they were quite informed. I thought they sounded like they knew what they were talking about and done their research, which you know you wouldn't be able to say for a lot of commentators or pundits. Um, yeah. I think it's good to see... BT Sport giving the National League decent coverage. I think it's quite a professional product and I enjoy watching it. The only thing I would say about the commentary team is that with them both being called Adam, I found it very confusing when they referred to each other as Adam because I didn't know which one was talking. And I'm not not overly familiar with the BT team because where would I be? Um, But apart from that, I I think to your point, Ben, they were actually pretty good. Um, I've seen worse... Uh, production values in games that are in higher divisions, certainly. Yeah. Okay, are we ready to move on from Maidenhead? I reckon so. Yeah, not much to say. But say hello to Dan Sparks and Nathan Blissett, and they'll probably knock a couple past us, and we'll remember what we have. Can I just put in here? Um, yeah. Confirmed by the FA and FIFA to be the oldest continuously used senior association football ground in the world by the same club, um, having been home to the club since 1871. Thank you very much. Your reputation remains. Yeah. You get a gold star. You boring, <laughs> boring bastard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, okay, to any other business, really the only things that have been happening this week outside of the actual games are uh, two managerial changes. Uh, Tim Flowers at Barnet uh, left, which is not a surprise because they've been terrible. And Jimmy Sham at Solihull Moors was let go. Um, he was replaced by Mark Yates, who apparently, I found out this morning in my internet research, was responsible for Solihull's quote-unquote great escape in 2018. So they've gone back to that particular well. Um, yeah, I don't knows. have strong opinions on this because they're both teams that I don't really care about. Uh, and I think we've played them twice as well, so we're not going to see them again anyway. Mm. And um, of course, Tim Flowers came from Solihull, didn't he, to, to Barnett? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised because Barnet have you know, they've had an absolute shocker of a season, and you know if this was normal times, they were they would be relegated at the end of the season. They, they've had an absolute you know nightmare, but he he failed to turn them around, which is a shame. And yeah, Mark Yates is is a highly regarded non-league manager. Um, Solid Hole fans uh, think very highly of him. I don't know whether he left or whether he was sacked. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they were playing some lovely stuff for a couple of seasons. And they just kind of, you know, reverted back to mid-table obscurity for now. But, yeah, no, he's, he's a good manager. One to keep an eye on. I mean, I think we can all agree we've got the best manager in the division, and it's not even close. But I do find it interesting to see other managers coming up through the ranks who can eventually, you would assume, make a leap to league football. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see idiots on various social media, you know, still shouting down. And I think no matter how poorly we're playing or perceived to be playing, it's Gary Johnson. He, he's he's been there, seen it, done it, bought a t-shirt, got promoted a million times. Just just trust him. We're not going to get better than him, more experienced than him. And no matter which way we've got to try and get out of this division, I, I still think he's the best man to guide us out of it. Uh, absolutely, and I don't think his his attitude has changed in the weeks that we've been not re-performing really very well. I think he has confidence in the squad. And I say the squad rather than just the team right now. Um, I think he mentioned the other day that it might be good for us to chase rather than be chased. I don't know how I feel about that particular quote, but since he's got 
40 years experience of managing football clubs and I don't even have football manager on my computer, I shall, uh, I shall bow to his superior knowledge. So if, if we were to delve into some wild, unfounded speculation, what's happened to Street and Sheaf? I hope they've gone back. They've yeah. been... Yeah, I mean, I, I think when both of those players came, you looked at you know, Rob Street's YouTube highlights of his on 2023, so, oh, this is good, this is kind of who we need. And then Sheaf, I think, has been a good player at this level for a while, um, but neither of them have really done anything to merit inclusion, and I don't know how much of their wages we're paying. I'm sure we're not paying all of the Street's wages. Um, we, need to, if, we need to send them back so we can try and find somebody else. I would absolutely be in favour of that. We we wouldn't have needed to sign Bowden if Street had come in and actually done a job, which sadly he hasn't. And I'm never going to write off any young player or try and do down any young player uh, who comes on loan to talk United. You know, and good luck to them all. But for reason it just hasn't worked out, and he's probably not what we needed at that time. No, no. I mean, we've seen plenty of players come on loan and we've not been super impressed and suddenly they end up in the Championship or the Premier League later on. Or they have a very good career at a level similar to ours and you still don't understand why. Yeah, and, and they almost certainly will go on to that level. You know? I yeah. mean, they're very highly rated by, by who is it, Holland, um, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, they're not there for no reason. But with these... With these under-23 young loanees, they need to be broken in. They probably need a pre-season. Um, you can't just chuck them into men's football in January and expect them to hit the ground running. Um, I mean, successful young loanees over the past few years, you've had, you know, Jano, all the ones from Bristol City, they've done well because they were there all season. If you try to bring in an 18 or 19-year-old that's never played men's football before in January and say, there you go, go win us some games, um, he's not going to do it. You know, because it's not just having the technical ability. It's It's being able to play the game at this level. I, I'm not one for, for blaming injuries, and I still won't, but we have luck up front. I mean, Nelson's been out for the entire season, so, so plan A would have been Danny Wright and Nelson as a partnership. So straight away, that's out, off the table because Nelson's injured. Danny Wright starts getting some form together, winning a few games, he gets injured. So then you're relying on Josh Umerer, who was never going to be a, a starter. He was going to be a, a guy learning learning the ropes and improving week on week and getting 20 minutes, half an hour here and there. The onus is on him to score. Hasn't quite worked out for him. And then suddenly you're just, you're just scrappling around, treading water, trying to find um, something that works out of things season you hadn't really thought you were going to need. So, so it, it is difficult to, 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 in a very small amount of time, try and find a way of, of getting the team to score goals when you planned A, B and C have been taken off the table. Mm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and there's no magic button that you can push. Or that there's no 30-goal uh, season striker that you can just phone up and say, oh, do you fancy come and play for us for a bit? Especially this time of season. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that analogy of plan A, B and C being out the window is, is entirely correct. Sometimes it makes you wonder how good we'd have been if Nelson had been fit from the start. Yeah. Uh, given how good we were without him, you know, it makes you think, like, because he was pretty coveted player. I was surprised when we signed him. Where did he come from? Dundee? Yeah. Was it Dundee? Dundee? Yeah. So, yeah Out of all the signings we made, he was he was the one I was most excited about. 
He was the splashiest one, wasn't he? Yeah. He just seemed like a complete left-field choice out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, and he's playing some Scottish football, so you can guarantee that he's hard-nosed. Um, you know, you just wanted... But, yeah, so that, that strike force of, of Danny Wright and Andrew Nelson, you know, it seems like a wild fantasy now. But, it, you know, it, that, that would have set us up good and proper. Um, and, you know, Josh Schumer was never supposed to be first-choice striker. You know, he, he was here as covering. He kind of got chucked in at the deep end somewhat. And, you know, he's still young and learning. So, you know, he, he's not the answer. Um, but unfortunately, neither are young low knees. So let's see how Scott Bowden does over the next few games and then assess our options from there. I mean, as you said, our fixture list is is kinder to us in the coming weeks. So if we can just nick a few results and a couple of our strikers notch a, a confidence-boosting goal mm. in three weeks' time, it, it could look a whole lot better for us. Absolutely. And let's hope it does. OK, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. The only other thing we wanted to mention is actually something very exciting. Uh, on Friday, April the 9th at 7pm, we will be uh, running a Legends of the Buckle era event uh, hosted by Helen Chamberlain, along with some very special guests for an evening of fun, laughs and memories about those years 2007 to 2010 under Paul Buckle. Tickets are £10. And all the money raised will go to charities nominated by our guests. If you can sign up in March, you'll be able to um, ask a question for our guests as well. Uh, It's a great chance to revisit the promotion season um, from the point of view of those who are part of it. And again, it's for charities, so make sure you find your 10 quid and and send it over. Keep a lookout on our Twitter account at Talking Talkie for more details as well as reveals of other guests along the way. So with that, I think that's it from myself, Ben and Marcus. Thank you both. Cheers. Thank you very much. And we hope everyone has a good week.